crunch you easy, it's a smunchie. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A2ZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom or check out the Phantom Podcast Network on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. I said that a little funny, but that's fine. Um, check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you could check out Attack of the Killer Podcast. Their most recent episode features a discussion of geriatric horror. Uh, whatever that means. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's funny. For now, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and sitting to my right is Jake, who's back this week. I am back. Maybe I was just playing a really involved game of hide and clap, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is another long-haul trucker who's been hearing mysterious noises in his house. It's Mark! Hey, boys! For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 2013's The Conjuring, Mark, which was your... Dark Horse pick? That's not that wild, was that's not even a category. Wild card. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, and we'll get into that movie soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Uh, I am in the unenviable position of having too much beer at my house, unfortunately. Oh, oh you poor Mark. Uh, <clears throat> been hosting numerous parties over the last... Two or three weeks, and uh, basically wildly overestimated the amount of beers we needed to buy. So uh, I basically <laughs> am just selecting things that seem almost relevant from what I have in my existing stock. This week, I am drinking Wussy. Uh, it is a Pilsner or Lager or something from uh, Stone Brewing. This movie is very scary. It uh, it will make you act as though you are a wussy. That's fair. I, I like your choice. I also want to piggyback on, I fully understand the buying way overestimating the amount of beer you're going to need for a party. That happened to me last weekend, but in a slightly different context. I imagine your parties were a little bit classy. I went to the gas station at 1.45 in the morning, right before they stopped selling beer, to buy beer so that three people could play beer pong, myself and two of my idiot friends. And we bought, I think, 72 beers Jack, at 1.45 in the morning for that night's beer ponging. May I ask a question? Yes, sir. Were they your friends, or were they complete strangers who just showed up at your house? So they were my friends when I bought the beer. We got back to my home. We drank none of the beers. Uh, they both fell asleep and then left. And I took my pants off and fell asleep. And then about a half an hour later, we're talking 2.33 in the morning, knock on my door. One of those jerk-offs invited some strangers to my house to come play beer pong. Uh, so then they came in, and I played beer pong with them till 4.35 in the morning, and, you know... But we still didn't need all. We still need all seventy-two beers, is what I'm saying. It's very friendly of you. I'm a friendly guy, and this week I'm drinking Sweetgrass American Pale Ale, um, because this movie is Americana, right? This is a nice American family that lives in Rhode Island somewhere. I don't know exactly where. He's a long haul trucker. They're living the American dream. Bunch of kids, American, good stuff. Sweetgrass American Pale Ale. They have there. a bunch of kids. Bunch of kids. Yeah. That's what I got. Jake. Oh, I'm also drinking some uh, John Jameson Irish whiskey because I think Ron Livingston might be Irish. <laughs> Livingston. You're, the, you're giving the me a famous look. Irish last name of Livingston. He looks Irish. Ronald That's Livingston Siegel. Asinine. Wait, where's the Siegel come from? 
Jake, what is are that you the drinking? most Irish name you could think of? Hold on. Yeah, I'm not no. going to move past that, Mark. You're not. Wait, have, have you never heard back. of Jonathan Livingston Siegel? No. Oh, but I feel like maybe I should have now. Yeah, based I feel on like your you reaction. probably should have. It was a beloved a famous... children's book. Oh, I thought it was some famous history guy. I don't feel as bad now. Uh, he was the prime minister of Spain for forty something years. Oh Jesus, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, I made America. that last part Did up. Jake, holy oh, shit! What is okay? Jake, what are you drinking this week? My goodness, we are more off the rails than we've ever We're firing been. Firing on all cylinders. All what? What do you got, Jake? Cylinders. <laughs> Cylinders. Yeah, exactly. uh, I win this week. Oh, God. Uh, I'm, <laughs> As you spill your beer. I, I'm drinking Narragansett because I live in Rhode Island, and this takes place in Harrisville, Jack, Rhode Island, and Rhode Island's beer. Hi, neighbor. I want it on record that I looked for Narragansett. Narragansett. You can't find it out there. You it's cannot. one of the fe- very, very few luxuries of living where I do because, frankly, it sucks here, but I have Narragansett. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Um, apart from The Conjuring and your Narragansett beer, Jake, yeah. what else has been rocking your horror world? You've been gone a little while, so you might have a little more. Although, I guess a week of that was traveling, so yeah. probably didn't Significantly watch Significantly less is on vacation. <laughs> All of that was traveling, yeah. where I had, like, zero access to TV or movies or horror. Did you not bring a computer? Or do they not have internet in Iceland? Is I there no Wi-Fi? I didn't spend any time on it, dude. I totally unplugged. It was awesome. I highly recommend it. That's pretty it. fucking cool. Yeah, awesome. it took me two full days to feel totally downtrodden at work, which is saying something. <laughs> um, but Wait. I have had the chance to see a couple things. The first of which is I checked out two shorts by an uh, an Icelandic director, actually, because I was like, okay, let's see what they had going on in terms of horror before I head over here. Uh, and I, I watched them right before I went. The director's name is Erlinger Thordson, and he directed two shorts that are now on shutter the first is called wow i'm blank the banishing and the second <laughs> is child eater which you guys will probably remember from our horror release roundup of a few months ago is now a feature length film yep yep so i watched both the shorts and i think my my primary t- I, I recommend both of them they're they're shorts so you can just kind of pop them on super bite sized um they're very well done from a visual standpoint Okay. So it makes me more interested in seeing what the feature length version but of Child Eater. Your would be language like. there indicates to me you didn't love them all that much. No, not really. I mean, I didn't think they were bad. They were. I. It's hard. To, I'm not a huge like short guy unless it's like totally mind blowing. Like if you have a good, decent to good short, it just really doesn't leave much of an impression. It's a lot harder. Sure. Let's put it that way. Um, but sure. I did think they were beautiful. So it makes me nice. more interested to see the feature-length version. I also saw that he directed one of the segments in Patient 7 that... <laughs> oh, okay. That somewhat <laughs> recent anthology um, that I think was pretty well-received. And he is currently directing a movie that I've, I'm just now looking at the, like, the poster art, and it's fucking cool, and it's called Rift. It'll be coming out later this year, so listener, be on the lookout for that one in one of our horror release roundups. Uh, so maybe I got a question. to pay attention to. Yes, Mark. Was that first one vanishing as in something that's disappearing yeah. or banishing as ba- in... And the exile. banishing with a B, like is in Bessie. M as in Mancy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Well, that's pr- pretty good stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go next. No, I'm I still going. 
Oh, good. Okay, cool. Those shorts were one thing. Uh, the other thing that I saw, and I, I could probably go pretty quickly on this one. Um, after I got back, I wanted to watch another movie this week, and I took the plunge on one that Mark recently watched. I watched Hell House LLC. Whoop, whoop. I started that and couldn't finish it because some shit came up and I had to go deal with it. You but, were, you and were I didn't... too scared to finish it. <laughs> I wish that was the case, man. I know I just had some work shit come up and I had to go deal with it. And I didn't want it to be one of those movies that I just had on in the background while I was finishing up something. So I saved it for a later date. Okay. Yeah. What did you think of it, Jake? Um, I... I'm still, don't spoil it for me. You dick. Wow. I, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it like Mark did. Um, pleasantly surprised. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. I like that. Are you done now? Sure. <laughs> sure. Welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> Did you miss us? No. I watched a couple of things over the last week. Haven't had much time, but I did, when I turned off Hell House LLC, I did turn on The Void because it recently made its way onto Netflix streaming. Yep. Uh, and so I just clicked over and, and watched The Void because we've seen that already, watched it deeply, and, and just gave it another pass-through <laughs> to look up at some of the visuals. And I think that's how we all agreed it's best watched. You don't need to pay that much attention to everything that's happening in the movie. Watch all the bonkers practical effects and cool visuals that they have going on. And I got to tell you, they still hold up. Still looks great. The lighting's still a little bit weird. It's uh, very, very dark a lot of the times. And that yeah. was... Way more noticeable the second time around. In fact, um, so I think it might be better more. if you aren't paying close attention to the movie while you're watching it. It might just be. Um, but it was it, the second time around, it was harder harder to pay attention, harder to ignore the, the lighting stuff we talked about earlier. But but I watched that, and I still enjoyed the hell of it. I still think it's a, it's a good, good watch mm-hmm. uh, if you're into that kind of shit. Um, the other one, uh, Mark, that uh, my lovely wife and I started watching this week was The Scream uh, TV series. Oh yeah, um, we're what three episodes deep now, and it's uh, we've been enjoying the hell out of it, dude. Can endorse. It's love pretty that show. well done. It's it, pretty well done. It is. I'll, I'll say this: yeah. there is a bit of a decline between season one and season two, but season two still is pretty good. Nice. So that's what I've had going on. Mark, how about yourself? I have basically just one thing. I've been working on kind of a larger project that we'll probably unveil on the podcast next week. But uh, for now, Ooh, I just spoilers. have one movie. Uh, so I watched something that Jake. Um, weighed in on a few weeks ago called The Monster. Um, I'm trying to work my way through all of my top ones from 2016. <laughs> I should probably get that out of the way by the end of 2017. <laughs> um, and so this is a movie that originally debuted on DirecTV or something. I, it's the only one we've had that kind of followed this path, but then was re-released the next month in December for uh, wider audiences. Nice. And it basically follows... Uh, mother and daughter as they're driving I think they're driving to the dad's house because he has like partial custody or something like that and they're on an abandoned road and shit gets real I I chose this as my top one because I kind of wanted like a good what I called at the time was a werewolf but like creature feature flick Mm -hmm. not a werewolf (laughs) that's actually (laughs) evident in the trailer Um, (laughs) but going back and reading what I said, I was kind of worried that they'd go like way too much CG on the monster. And Mm. I, I, I will give them props. Uh, the monster, as far as I could tell, was completely practical. I Um, believe that's true. Yeah. There might've been um, a slight bit of touch shopping, but it it was practical. Yeah. There usually is. But, uh, I mean, the movie in general looked good. The the problem I had with it, I'm not sure I'd recommend it just because it was so like heavy. And heavy is not even really the right word because it didn't really even have a message. It was just like, yeah, you just it just felt like the characters, 
the characters were just getting like picked on the entire movie and you just kind of felt bad. <laughs> I feel like, like I uh, overall Dick. Mark overall recommend or not recommend. Um if you're if you're okay with with kind of having a a not exactly fun movie. Like I, I always think that horror should be fun to watch and I honestly didn't have a lot of fun watching that one. Um but could, that's interesting because sometimes I want fun. Sometimes I do just want like heavy, dark, and punchy in the gut. And, oh ugh. yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe, <clears throat> but in some ways, there's an interesting thing about the movies that do that—the punch in the gut. Well, where you're actually having fun watching them, like uh, Dark Was the Night is, I think, a good example of that. Like I enjoyed that. Sure. Um, in any case. This, I feel like, would actually be a decent movie to kind of just have on in the background. It's not particularly plot-heavy. There are pseudo-action scenes, and there's a good monster. So, maybe in that regard. But other than that, if you're watching it closely and uh, you want something fun, then uh, no. Pass. It's Plus, about it Charlize Theron in it. A uh, different one, entirely. I know. I okay. made that joke when Jake watched it, so I fear I had to, I had to give it the reprise. Okay. That's a deep pull. Yeah, not my that. My friend. That is, is that a deep pull? The movie Monster is a deep pull. Uh, yeah, that was nominated for like a bunch of different Emmys or Oscars or whatever. No one awards. gives a shit about the Academy, man. Also, it had Charlize Theron in it. No one gives yeah. a shit about the Academy, man. Okay, Jake's just saying the same thing over and over again, so let's go to the feature presentation. All right, guys, so here's the thing. We got a little ahead of ourselves. I forgot to mention that this segment of the podcast will contain spoilers for The Conjuring, uh, but I'm doing that now, so fair warning, there will be spoilers. Over at azhorror.com this week, we watched 2013's The Conjuring. I'll try to get this pick right this time. Mark, this was your wildcard pick. Correct. You did it. Um, Awesome. And we will get into the meat of that pretty soon. But first, Mark, you know what time it is. 30 seconds are about to be on the goddamn clock because I don't know what time it wait, is. Wait, wait for it. It's 7.27 p.m. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Breaking the fourth 30 wall. seconds are now on the goddamn clock, and it's going to start when you start. <clears throat> Give us a 30-second plot synopsis. Okay, the Perones are moving into their new house in the Rhode Island countryside. They, uh, It's haunted. Uh... <laughs> That's basically most of the story right there. They seek out the hill. <laughs> Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, famed. <laughs> Damn it, fuck. You guys are really blowing up my stride. <laughs> well, fuck, Mark. <laughs> Five seconds, buddy. Uh, they all live happily ever after. <laughs> that did not go how I practiced. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> So, for the listener, oh God, I when Mark gave that little week. aside towards the beginning, <laughs> I can, I can he take made it a again. face. Yeah, I can take and it again. that face was fucking absurd. And Jake has been, Jake's crying. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> can we scarecrow for like a minute? <laughs> Alright, so we're back from that little exercise. Mark, would you like another bite at the apple here? Uh, yes. 30 seconds are back on the goddamn clock. It is again going to start when you start. And I'll try not to laugh this time. Okay. 
The Perones move into a new house. Uh, it's a large family. They are nice people. And they uh, Some bad things happen. Uh, it is basically straight up haunted. Their dog dies. They're sleepwalking. Shit's getting real. They enlist the help of famed demonologists, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are real people in real life. Uh, they are not Catholic. That's a good point to note. Um... Turns out, yep, they can confirm it is haunted. It is haunted by the ghost of a witch, Bathsheba, who says that everyone who lives on her land is going to die. Uh, there's an exorcism involved after Bathsheba possesses the mother, tries to get Time. a killer kid. Oh, everyone lives happily ever after. That was pretty legit. Yeah, you did better. However, your first attempt in there, <laughs> you said something afterward that raises a question for me, Mark. What's that? You said it didn't go as you practiced. <sighs> How many times did you practice doing the 30-second plot synopsis? I mean, basically once. I, I kind of like to do a run-through real quick just to make sure that if I get too into the week... I need to know if I'm going to do something that's 15 seconds long or something that's like three minutes long. Oh, shit. I thought you, you know, were joking. a pretty good idea. I should probably employ that. <laughs> it's, nah. not like I'm, it's not like I'm nah. practicing all day or not. I basically just run through it once to make sure that I'm I feel I'm like you stuff. might be lying. I'd like to confirm with your wife how often yeah. you're just in the other room, in the mirror, practicing Yeah, Mark has some intense mirror sessions. Yeah. Night before, though. You gotta sleep on it. It's osmosis. Yeah, I really like That's work on the facial animations. I yeah. feel like that comes through well in a podcast. It, it's why I'm it such does. a big fan of Oculus. Mirror-based things. I'm just free associating now. <laughs> yep. That's typical, though. Should we talk about what in the fuck subgenre this movie fits into? Yes. Such yes, we should. fucking exercise. Mark, this was your pick. What in the fuck subgenre of horror does this movie fit into? It's a haunted house. Bam. This also, is... Oh, also, uh, spoilers. There are spoilers. I, I'm going to splice that in beforehand, okay. Mark, because I did forget to do it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the... One of the perfect examples of a haunted house movie, like shit knocking around in the background and jumping out. I this is this is what I think of when I think of a haunted house movie. I, I think that's an that's an excellent excellent choice. Jake, how about you give us another <laughs> subgenre of horror? Um, it's kind of. I mean, there's easy is, ones that go along with haunted house. That's kind of, well, it's supernatural, but I don't want to take that out. That one, that that's just lame. Can we just we'll hit the trifecta of desperate. super easy ones right here? Yeah, you can. Sure. And Ghost. Yeah, oh, there, sure. you there you go. Haunted House, Ghost, Done. Supernatural. Okay. Done. Jake, how about one that isn't one of those? Nope. Really? Yeah. Uh, religious? <sighs> yeah. Sort of. No, it is. This is credit. absolutely... A, there are not a lot of more religious horror movies. No, I mean, this. it's... Like, they don't... It's an exorcism movie. They're it's actually fine. specifically not religious. They say that multiple times. No... Ed and Lorraine Warren are religious, and they are Catholic. They're not able to perform the exorcism, but in this movie, they are religious, and they are Catholic. It's why he wears the cross around its neck. It's why they put up crucifixes every yeah, no, fucking way that the ghost knocks over. True. Is he actually Catholic? The Ed and Lorraine Warren in real life were just fucking dickheads who took advantage of desperate people, but these Ed and, this Ed and Lorraine Warren are Catholic. Oh. Lorraine consulted okay. on this movie. How dare you? I could have saved, like, two <laughs> seconds of my time saying that they were not Catholic. Oh, well. Redacted. Yep. <laughs> I'll go in and beep it. Oh. Thanks. So, Jake, now you passed. I mean, uh, sort before of. Before we go around the horn again, I'd like to come to you. Do you have an actual answer? You didn't want to take the layup, and then you passed. Yeah. I'd just, I'd just like to summarize what happened. I just kind of refused the layup at this point. <laughs> so you, you still got nothing. Trees. Mark? You know what? That's actually a good point. There is a very important tree in this yeah. movie. 
Yeah. Less important than the tree in The Conjuring 2. Pretty important. Uh, yeah, still still pretty important. We don't need to compare the importance of trees in various movies. I think I, for I don't going see why we wouldn't. Any day of the week. <clears throat> I have just added uh, a new category. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> to, <laughs> what is this one? To suit be? my fancy. I actually feel like this is a legit one that we probably should have had already, but period piece slash historical. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. They, that's fair. Yeah, they go out of their way. This was set in the 1970s. Um but the subgenre as a whole definitely is one because they can very easily rely on, you know, no cell phones or whatever other technological limitation. The Witch is another really good example. Yeah, I mean, There's it's yeah, definitely slap. Yeah, and the others. Yeah, yeah. Outfits. Jack? I got nothing else. The Mamas and the Papas. <laughs> they might yes. not be in this movie, actually. I think it was the zombies, actually. It, yeah, the zombies were. The Mamas and the Papas were in Congo, God. though. The yeah. zombies must have been a bunch of fucking perverts. Remember that? Oh, they suck. They like walk. They're like hiking and they're like singing "Mamas and the Papas." It's great. All the leaves uh, are all the leaves are brown, and the sky, and the sky is, is gray. gray. Okay, and the sky is gray. God, Congo's such a good hey. movie. <laughs> this is the A to Z horror barbershop hour. <laughs> We're a pretty into. good barbershop. Barbershop triplet. Yeah, you know, quartet's got the monopoly. Uh, so that's it. Jesus that's all Christ. the subgenres, conclusively. Mark, walk us through why you picked this one. Yeah, dude. Save um, this. And I'm super happy you did. Okay. Well, before we move on, I'm gonna I'm gonna seamlessly blend the the subgenre conversation into this next thing because that's uh, something that's sorely needed on this podcast. I would also suggest that this movie is a classic. It's not even ten years old. However, yeah. You know what? I did. I did just pass on from from without asking you if you had another one that's that's on me i mean that's fine ah, blame john jameson really well i think that's an interesting question though because honestly so this movie is four years old maybe not even four years old and i'm not sure you can have that conversation about a movie that young but honestly to me this this feels like one of the quintessential haunted house movies of all time Look, I, I brought it up in The Descent when we talked about that, so I, I absolutely think that this will be a classic. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, the other thing to note is it has spawned three, four sequels? Well, well sequels or other things from the universe. Annabelle's a prequel, Whatever. right? And Annabelle then there's 2 a new Annabelle. will presumably be taking place at the canonical. same time as... Yeah. Canonical. And then The Conjuring 2. Jesus there's going to be, what, the... the, uh, the what's the... Uh, it's the, the movie that's coming out of The Conjuring 2. The Nun. The Crooked Man. Yeah, yeah. Crooked Man. The and there's a Conjuring there... 3. None. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and The Nun. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah there's That's a what lot. I'm saying. There's This has been a wide-reaching movie franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I, I think it will be a classic. I, I have no problem with it. Where does this stack up in terms of wan horror? Uh, masterpiece? It's this masterpiece. might be my favorite. I, yeah. I think... It would be hard. I think you could very easily argue this to be your favorite. I, I think it's. I think it's the best all around of Wan's horror movies. Maybe not your favorite, but I think it's objectively just the most solid in in all the aspects you could come up with. It's not leaning too far in any direction. It's pretty middle of the road. Like it's. It's just good. It's way I, too much of an apples and oranges conversation to like compare this and like Saw, for example. It's. It's. I, I think it's his best and my favorite of. I, I'm on that same page. I, I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I, I would probably also parrot that, but I'm not going to be like personally offended if you think that Saw is better. 
What if you think sure. it, what if you think Insidious is better? <sighs> Probably also not offended. What if you think Dead so Silence? So I, I will dude, argue that what makes if you think Dead Silence is better. <laughs> then we we uh, I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You get me. You get me. I I think that this yeah. is. It's hard to argue that Saw is a better movie than this. You can argue that you enjoyed Saw more and that it's a different kind of thing, but overall this is a much better film in almost every aspect. This I is mean to a certain to a popcorn, certain level though, if you or, enjoy a movie better, then it is a better movie to you. There is going yeah, to be absolutely. a group of people that exist that are detractors of this style of movie because it is like I just said popcorn horror. Like this is definitely your make this for the masses, which I find really interesting because this is still somehow a rated R movie. Somehow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's well, actually I'm trying to now that I'm trying to think back what makes it rated R. I don't so know. there's a whole bunch of information on this online. Oh uh, they tell. actually thought they might be able to get a PG thirteen rating because I, like you're saying, there's nothing in this yeah, movie. Yeah, you had asked. Is, I was surprised. If you asked me, I would I, I wouldn't guess that. Yeah. There's nothing in yeah. this movie that's gory or they don't they swear like they say like shit once or something like that. Um, and I mean, I guess you have the hanging feet, but you never actually see a person hanging. So it's literally rated R because it's too scary. Wow. wow. What's the conjuring two rated? Probably also R. Jack, that's the type of question you, uh, you have to come to the table with. Don't, I don't yeah. just ask and demand you answer. Pop quiz. Hot shot. <laughs> Uh, the internet says R. Wow. Thanks, okay. internet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, internet. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know what else. Do I don't know what we else just, to say now. <laughs> just stop. Just Reviewed? Stop. Did we do it? Yep. <laughs> Reviewed. Ratings? Mark, talk more about why you chose this movie. Um... I don't want to get too spoilery into uh, my ratings at the end of the show, but I will say that this has been something that I've been wanting to get to for the last... I mean, basically, since we started the website, I've been wanting to watch this and talk about this with you guys. I don't think I've ever actually passed just, hey, have you guys seen The Conjuring? Oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, Past that conversation. I don't think we've ever sat down and really fully discussed this franchise. We got a little bit into it when we all saw The Conjuring 2, but even then Mm -hmm. it was kind of a sidebar. Yeah, um, and look, it won't come as any surprise that we all fucking love this, but we all went ape shit over Saw because James Wan is fucking terrific, and we all just said this is his best movie. So, I didn't. We didn't go ape shit over Saw. Let's be real. Dial it back a bit, bud. Ah, it's a good I'm movie. Drunk. I'm gonna. I'm prone to hyperbole. Yeah, it's pronounced hyperbole. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. So, given that. What's your history with the movie, Mark? Did you see it in theaters when it came out, probably on a date? I did not see this one in theaters. Uh, This was something that I heard about, uh, these two kind of chatty Cathy's. I used to sit right next to the uh, cafeteria (laughs) where I worked. So these two uh, really talkative. So we're talking, yeah, because this came out post undergrad for us oh yeah i was working at this point yeah um so these two these two ladies who like to sit down and kind of gossip at lunch uh saw it in a theater and they were talking about like oh my god scariest movie ever and that sort of put it on my radar um kind of at the time i wasn't paying as close attention to what was coming (laughs) out so some real viral marketing right there real viral word of mouth bricks and clicks uh, marketing. Jeez, so <laughs> fuck are you talking <laughs> Let's about? Go ahead and circle the wagons, boys. Anyways, um, I put it on my queue. Got it in the got it in the mail on Netflix a few weeks later. <laughs> You're a patriot. 
Uh, and actually, this was a really fun first viewing uh, experience because we had one of our friends over. We watched this. It was me, uh, the wife, and two of our really good friends. And she, not the wife, but the other girl who we had over, is sort of a double date type of situation, does not like horror movies. Like, she nice. was scared watching, Perfect. like, creepy commercials. Is it because she well, gets scared? This is an she awesome one to watch for that we, because it is so accessible watched, but also so scary. We watched an episode of Fear with her, the the two thousands MTV scare <laughs> documentary thing, and she made us turn it off ten minutes in because she was too scared. She shit her pants yep. during this one, didn't she? Yeah, yeah she uh, she had a hard time. <laughs> yeah, nice. Lots uh, of fun. and could you estimate how many times you've seen it since then? Uh. Probably just I've seen it probably counting this one three times total. I haven't actually revisited this one frequently, and part of that okay. is because there's a new Conjuring thing that I have to see in its stead every every year. Yep, exactly. So, so I'm gonna jump on right there because I'm in the same boat. I had seen this movie one time in my life before. So I saw it in two. theaters when it came out. I fucking loved it. Uh, what I feel like I was this came out around the time I got married. This either I, I saw this in theaters. Yes. Yeah. That's when I got married, but I feel like this came out within some number of weeks of me getting married. I saw it either right before I got married or right after. Well, I feel like that's an answerable question, Jack, but we're not going to discuss. Clearly, we wouldn't do any research for this. Also, pretty Um, literally anything can be described as having happened within some number of weeks of another event. It came out like four years before. But, uh, um, and I fucking loved it. It instantly was on my list, but it was one of those that I didn't seek out to watch again maybe because i was a little bit afraid it wouldn't hold up i i don't know mm. i think that's part um, of it and i also think that like i said you know if you're gonna go back and watch a conjuring movie are you gonna watch the conjuring movie you've already seen or are you gonna watch annabelle or are you gonna watch yeah. the conjuring 2 or are you gonna go to the movie theaters to see annabelle the prequel or whatever the hell the yep. awakening i don't know what it's called <laughs> yeah um jake how about you what's uh, your history with this very this similar film? i didn't see it in theaters mine's like Similar story, different mechanisms, I guess. I saw it a few years ago, and I really liked it, but I didn't go back and... I didn't feel the need to go back and watch it again because there's something else canonical to sink your teeth into. And I watched it for this review twice. Nice. Interesting. I've now seen it twice. I didn't watch it twice for the review. So, Mark, I'm happy you picked this one because this this is one of those that I I was happy to watch. Yeah, it sounds like I really nailed the wild card. (laughs) I think we all did a pretty good job with our wild cards. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not being shackled I don't even know what mine was, man. Ridiculous combinations of years and genres that we have to shoehorn in or whatever. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so, Bullshit. no. there's a big, big task here. What does the movie do right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> okay. Too big a task, apparently. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the one that's probably less obvious. I, I, I really like the way that it establishes the period in time. Um, It's not the the first to do this um, by any stretch, but I do feel like it revitalized the period piece to a certain extent. Uh, You know, since then we've seen like Ouija 2 come out, which was set in the 1950s. So many movies are, yeah, come out, yeah. Yeah. um, Follow this model. And kind of like I said earlier, it's a it's a nifty little mechanism to suddenly strip away all of the technology of today. Uh, and you know now you don't have cell phones, and you might not even have like a flashlight or something. Um, it's it's a nice little it's a nice little mechanism for for your plot that doesn't kind of shackle you in any direction. But beyond that, you know, it also opens up a wonderful world of like 
cool music to use. You got new costumes. You can get cool props. And you can really cash in on the nostalgia factor for people who grew up during that time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, give, you can give Ron Livingston a, a, a Davy Jones haircut. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Davy Jones? Who am I thinking of? Davy Jones. The locker. Okay, cool. His locker. No, that's not who I'm thinking of. Monkeys <laughs> oh. guy. Yeah, the monkeys. Yeah, that's Davy Jones. Okay, there's two. No, okay. The Is he also one, the, no. the water guy? The sea guy? He was a pirate, and then the monkeys, and then on the Brady Bunch, I think? Yes, that's the trajectory of that career. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you, Mark. I mean, this it's an interesting period, too, because it's one you don't see a ton of done in such a, I don't know, such a well-done way, I guess. I mean, it's like early 70s costuming and sets and all that, but it's not something typically you go back and you're like early 1900s late 1800s like way back victorian horror things like that but this is something that you frankly just don't see a lot of and i think that that's that makes it a little more refreshing so i don't disagree at all it's really hard to do as evidenced by the conjuring 2 where they do a lot less good of a job of it i think the the overall Mm -hmm. movie does a good job setting it in the 80s but the the actual impact that it has with the the developing shots and the music the music in that was hilarious fucking postcards of downtown london while london calling is playing is fucking over absurd over it over. was a little on the nose. i couldn't yeah. it was <laughs> hard to watch i what does have get one you other into that side of like i've used it like three times now but popcorn horror like this is made for your yeah. like biggest possible audience so it's going to be but what i'm saying is that this this movie the conjuring felt like it did that same thing but so much of a way that bothered me a lot less i agree i mean it was what it was but it still managed to not feel like it was beating you over the head with it and one of the things that i did right if we're allowed to move on at this point i want one other thing that you that you did right yeah i I did everything right actually (laughs) i directed this movie yeah Surprise! <laughs> I was the Steven Peel, Steven Spielberg to uh, to James Wan's. Wow! Uh, What's your good thing, work. Mark? Good work. I have one other thing to tag along to that. I was going to say Toby Keith, and that wasn't right. Uh, because you guys mentioned a bunch of stuff, and all that's right. But the other thing that's great about this movie is they established the period by using 1970s cinematography, too. There are so many shots, particularly in the early, like, first half of this movie, that are filming... I don't want to say techniques because it's not like they filmed on film, but shots that are taken from 1970s horror movies. The one that really jumped out at me in particular on this viewing was um, when the little girl, the youngest girl, finds the uh, music box. Music boxes are always a bad idea. Under the tree out back. We need to come back to that. And they go... Here's how the shot works. You're in the foreground with one of the other daughters, and you're talking like directly to her. It's dinner time or something like that. Uh, she goes inside, and the camera, without cutting, just turns and then does a long zoom directly onto it. And you haven't seen that shot in movies in a long time. It's not quite a Jaws shot because I don't yeah. think they actually like pan back and forth or whatever. But um, just the super duper long zoom mm-hmm. uh, into and this girl stuff- who's like 200 feet away. You're absolutely right, and that stuff's pretty subtle, because if you aren't looking for it, you won't necessarily notice it, but it is something that will make you feel like it's older. Well, and it really helps the feel of the movie, too, because the other thing they do is the camera kind of wobbles around a lot, it kind of leans to sides, It, it, it makes it feel a lot more immersive in a way, because it's almost like what your head would be doing at the time. I mean, obviously yeah. your eyes aren't zooming in, but, you know, right. it, it's these, instead of cutting, you do these other techniques that are pretty interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's 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 a good call. That's that's a pretty awesome thing the movie does. I completely agree with that. Jake For had me, something else to say. Oh shit, it's Jake's turn. God damn wait. it! I can wait. I hate that you're back. I can wait. <laughs> All right, I. <laughs> the best part about these movies is the unstoppable charm of Patrick Wilson. Fucking that guy is awesome. I love him. How did he act, Jack? <laughs> it's terrific. It's so, fantastic. I'm going to piggyback off you because my the point that I was going to make was the same one that you're sort of making with Patrick Wilson. The four adult leads in this movie are outstanding. All of them. Absolutely. Like Ron Livingston's totally my believable. favorite, but he, Patrick Wilson, Lily yeah, Tyler, does a great job. Taylor, sorry, and Vera Farmiga, all of them are really, really good. Really, yeah. really, really good actors. Um, yeah. A lot of them have a lot of experience in the genre, too. So doesn't hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it does does Ron Livingston have d- a lot of experience? No, what he other doesn't. horror movies he, are Ron Livingston? He, he doesn't. Maybe it's just okay. Patrick that Wilson. That one episode of House it's was just pretty scary, Wilson. Mark. At this that point. That one episode of House was pretty goddamn scary. He oh, played a tuberculosis doctor. That's true. Uh, I mean, Ooh. he was in Office Space, which is kind of like a movie about existential horror. Yep. Right? Yeah. He was in Band of Brothers, which is like real life horror. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Ron Livingston, is unsung the hero of the film industry. I love that guy. The man. If you're just tuning in, this is what movies has Ron Livingston been in cast? <laughs> oh, he was been in cast. He was also uh, the main cop in 44 Minutes, the Hollywood shootout, the made-for-TV documentary. Or it wasn't wow. a documentary. It was a uh, dramatization. Mark. <laughs> Thank you. Also very good. Mark. Yes? What else did this movie do right? You haven't gone yet. I did. I piggybacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a super easy like kind of cheap one to to go in on but it builds tension really well yes. you get yeah. a great ramp up of scares as they happen with the first one uh essentially being the dog right the dog and the clocks happen simultaneously so all the clocks at the same time and the stop at the same time and the dog dies so let me and stop both of those right sort of just happen overnight you don't actually see anything happen right and then from there let it's me like stop you okay about four seconds in the past the, the, the clock stopping. Nice. Oh boy! It, it took you longer than four seconds to make that stupid noise. Yeah, the that clock stopping and the dog. Right. Yeah. I want to focus in on the clock stopping. Three o seven a.m. Right. Yes. What was the significance of that particular time? I don't think that was a significant. Nice. No, no. That's what they said. That's when the witch died. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Wait. Why would they, they hang oh, they a witch that. at three o seven a.m.? She, she. I don't know. She says herself. it How do they know that? There's a. There's a line of exposition in there that it's when something happened. No one related knows to the witch's shit. death. I, it's not my line of dialogue. That's a dumb line. That's what this movie did wrong. <laughs> I give this movie a one on story. I might, Mark. <laughs> Don't so put it past him. <laughs> well, Jack will give it a zero, so. <laughs> Jack's given better movies worse. <laughs> So, it's a necessary and sufficient situation. So, you start out with those two scares, which are basically off-screen and just sort of handled through exposition, essentially. Um, and then from there, you kind of ratchet up the uh, the girl mentions that like, the girls all mention that they smell something bad, and then one of them feels something tugging at her feet, and then one of them starts sleepwalking and banging into walls, and then there's clapping coming from nowhere while they're playing a. Uh, game of hide and clap or whatever and then all of a sudden you actually like shit starts happening the, the lady gets locked in the basement and then there's a witch on top of a wardrobe and then uh, it's it's a really solid like ramp up period so couple things there one you're absolutely right and when we talk about 
movies that earn the jump scares, like the jump scare feels well earned. I think this is exactly what I'm thinking about. It's not just something to throw in to break up a monotonous scene or something like that. It's it's building the tension and releasing it through a well earned jump scare. Yes, and and the, you know the thing, jump scares get a bad rap. The thing that's jump scares should be in movies. The problem is when you rely solely on jump scares. Right. Right. So, and this movie obviously does not do that. But right. yeah, I mean, an effective use of jump scare is an important technique to have in your arsenal if you're going to make a horror movie. Yeah. Thing number two about what you said: Have either of you guys had any experience with sleepwalking people? No. Yes. Jake, what is your experience with sleepwalking uh, I people? Played... Was it the scariest thing in the world? Yeah, I played hockey. I had a teammate over the. He was consistently on one of my the teams that I I traveled with. Uh, from probably the time that I was like 12 to when I was like 18. And, you know, when you're on those long trips, you like bill it and you share rooms with players and all that. But he was a sleepwalker and he did this. He had like a really weird sleepwalking thing where he would run. And when you're in like hotel rooms, that's really fucking weird because he would like, you would like wake up and you'd hear him like run the three steps that it would take to get to like the entryway door bathroom area and like run back and run back and run back and you're like what is happening (laughs) that happened like two or three times i would like to interject here just to say that that's not really fair if you're a hockey player and you're doing your calisthenics at like while you're asleep no it's it's sleepwalking (laughs) running sleep running like he wakes up refreshed but also more fit that's not that's cheating (laughs) <laughs> it's bullshit. Continue your story. It was over. Holy shit. That was it. That was your whole story. is scary. Well, I brought it up because <laughs> that scene, watching that little girl like sleepwalk into the armoire and bang her head into it a whole bunch scared the fucking shit out of me because when I was a little kid, my dad used to sleepwalk a little bit and I never really knew about it because, you know, they my parents had their bedroom and I had my bedroom. But one time my dad and I were on a fishing trip and we were in a hotel room and he just slept, walked up in the middle of the night and started just fiddling with the fucking lock on the hotel room door. And I was like, Dad, what's going on? And he was just mumbling incomprehensible shit at me and fiddling with this lock. And I, that's the most scared I've ever been in my entire life to this day. And like seeing that kind of sleepwalking shit takes me back there. It's scary. So just here's a, here's an A to Z horror PSA for the world. Um... You can go ahead and wake a sleepwalker. There's, it's not going to do it. There's no harm at all whatsoever. This involved was in 1971, Mark, and and Mark's a medical doctor. Uh, yeah, I'm I am a doctorate no. in somnambulism <laughs> from the school of uh, mind. I feel like if my daughter was sleepwalking like that, I would be so scared that I might just like open up the door and wherever she ends up, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, aren't you kind of interested in where she's going? No, I, I think I'd be a total enabler. <laughs> it's like a Mr. Magoo situation. Yeah, exactly. Wait, Mr. Bean. That's well, a, which yeah. one of them would sleepwalk? Uh, Mr. Bean. It was Magoo. Well, Magoo was so blind that he was basically sleepwalking. Yeah, no, it was Mr. Bean that would sleepwalk. But yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine just like whatever hijinks happens? Lots of hijinks. It's a regular baby's day out situation. They're crawling on girders that are lifting up and down on construction sites. Yeah, exactly. Just happening to just come together like that. Exactly. It's a classic baby's day out situation. And that's what this movie does right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that leaves it on... Who just went? I don't care. Oh, that was me. <laughs> that, that was the second part of what... Uh, Jack, 
Say another yeah, thing. Buddy. Um. Uh, wow. So many things. I think... <laughs> so many, I can't even say one of them. <laughs> I was going to say one of them, but you interrupted me. This is what vamping sounds like, listener. I wasn't. That sounds like vamping to me. I, I think they do a very good job of the based on a true story thing, where this yes. is taken enough aspects of the things that really happened, such that it's a little bit impactful when they show you the pictures of the real family at the end, but also, like, get all the boring horse shit that definitely didn't happen out of there, and let's just go with the cool ghost stuff. And you know what's kind of funny about that is uh, they do an interesting little, like, trick where they... So the cold open of this movie deals with Annabelle... Uh, who's the doll that they ended up making another movie about and are making another movie out that I is it's not out yet, right? It comes not out yet. It's August. not. No. Nope. Um. So they establish them the the Warrens as like these demonologists or whatever, and basically throughout this movie is like you think this is scary, the scariest one we we haven't even talked about the scariest one yet. <laughs> and they reference back to Annabelle. And I mean, that makes it disappointing because maybe we'll eventually review Annabelle on this website, but that movie sucked. I, I don't think it sucked, but that I have trouble with that movie because that story, the, the story in which that movie is based, the doll was a raggedy Ann doll. And they made it this like trying to be creepy looking fucking doll. And I just have a really hard time in my head separating that from picturing it as because I know it's a raggedy and doll which well, would have like been creepier Juan's in any thing, case man Juan has to make like these intricate ventriloquist dolls it's a thing he has <laughs> well he had to make the fucking music box here in any Jesus case Christ that music box this isn't an Annabelle reviews podcast this is a conjuring review podcast so my my point is, I I kind of like the way they're they they basically cash in from the start of just like they show this room of demonically possessed items, and there's like yeah. each of these is a story. Which one of these are we gonna turn to a fucking six movie franchise? I mean, I they know, knew what they one. were doing, man. <laughs> like when they when they created that, that's just like here you go. We're showing it to you up front. We have a wealth. We have just this gigantic arsenal at our fingertips yeah. that we can well, and I, go I and cherry think- pick stories from. I don't think I realized it until earlier in this podcast, but Juan, all he does is direct franchises. It's amazing. <laughs> well, he doesn't even direct the whole... He just starts franchises. Well, yeah, that's kind of like, what uh, I mean. J.J. Abrams in that regard. Yeah. Right? He doesn't have the answers to anything. He just has like, what if this? Go. I'll be somewhere Here's 30 else. movies. I don't know, man. I feel like he's put it in his time. Did James oh, he, Wan direct the first... I'm, I'm certainly not trying to denigrate Wan. I think the man is a genius. Yeah, no, he's a great filmmaker. Question, yeah. did he direct the first Fast and Furious movie? No. He are, directed the seventh sure? Fast and Furious movie or something. No. <laughs> Jake. I don't know which one. Just no. Do you have anything else that this movie did right? Um, kind of have to think about it. I feel like we've touched on these, like, wide, sweeping categories of things that it's done right, that it did right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Hmm. I have one other thing while you're thinking about it. I mean, we kind of you you kind of touched on it, but I'm going to go a bit deeper. Uh, when you were talking, Mark, about the way that it builds tension, I think that it does an exceedingly good job of the bump in the night style horror, which is pretty rare, particularly yeah, in this day and age. Uh, it it does a lot with what is unseen and i think that that's pretty cool 
Particularly it, the scene where the two for, daughters are in bed next to each other, and yeah. li- there's no effects. It's just the one daughter being like, it's right there. I can yes. see it, but exactly. it's just darkness. That, and that scene is extremely effective, and I, I, I think that yeah. it just goes to show, like, this is a really good example of sometimes less can be more, and that's weird to say because this is not a less is more movie by any means, but those but, sections... Eh. It's not a more it is because he recognizes no, he recognizes where that matters. The the scene where she's under the sheet, like tied to the chair, is so awesome and scary, and you don't see anything that you barely but, see the demon's face through a see, little hole in the that's sheet. That's funny. I mean, you're finding the less side of what it could be, but that scene is still bananas. Oh yeah, effect. There's a lot yeah, more. They, that scene is. But more. I'm saying he know he knows when. He knows when less is more, and he pushes that as hard as it can be. James Wan did direct Furious 7. <clears throat> oh, really? I, I, yeah. I, I don't even yeah. know if I, I said, yeah, the se- seventh one. Yeah. <laughs> so he retroactively started the series by directing the seventh. Yep. That's what we're saying? <laughs> yep. Um, to piggyback on Jake's point a little bit, um, the bump in the night thing is very important because all, all of the initial scares happen at night, and they do a smart thing where they cash in on all of that at once and create what I would say is the best scare in the movie, which is the laundry scene. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. This yeah, is when the sheet, Vera... and then it goes up and possesses. Yes, oh, exactly. Okay, that's not my favorite scare in the movie. Yeah, it's hardly mine. Okay, uh, that one was the one that like resonated with me the hardest, I think. So huh. Lorraine's outside, basically just hanging up sheets, and then wind kicks up, knocks one of the sheets off, and it like drapes itself over an invisible figure, which then disappears and flies up into the uh, attic or wherever the mom this, is and possesses uh, the shit out of her. This yeah. movie does a lot of it, it. Going back to my point a bit, it did a lot of what I found effective about The Sixth Sense, but to like the nth degree. So the on-the-nose example is the Lorraine like looks up and there's like the feet dangling of the hanging woman. And I don't say that just because there's like a scene in the sixth sense where people are hanging, but it's like the, you can see something that no one else sees. And it does it really yeah. well in the scene that Mark was talking about where I don't know her name. There's like seven girls in this movie sees something behind the door in the corner in the shadow. And there's just like this tension and fear because someone can see something that no one else can see. And that's kind of right. a powerful concept because yeah, you, no absolutely. one can help you. You're the only one that is like exposed to this fear. Yeah. Yeah. You're helpless. I'm with you. It's a helplessness. I, yeah. And I thought this that it did a really of good agreement. job of, of, of kind of exemplifying what that helplessness must feel like. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lorraine, Lorraine does a great job. <clears throat> one, one last item that, Farmiga. I, that I feel like the, uh, Conjuring series as a whole does is is it kind of does the Kansas City shuffle with the story it almost always they have like these false uh, climaxes where you figure out what the hell's wrong and you have like a bit a solution you're like okay that worked and then Ed and Lorraine go and do their own thing and then there's a, a moment of like there's a twist yeah. and they're like oh shit she still possesses the mom mm-hmm. or oh that's not the ghost that's the partial ghost that the other ghost ghosted Right. That's just a ghost of a little boy who's trying to help you. Yeah, exactly. That type of shit. Uh, You know, M. Night's the master of twists, but this might be the unsung revitalization of the twist, is is these movies. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. The last thing I have is 
I don't think this happens in enough movies, maybe because it's a trope at this point, but I still always find it tremendously effective. The dog being weirded out by shit. Yeah, yeah. Being a, an indicator of imminent danger. Mm-hmm. That stuff hits me. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm a guy who, like, I got two dogs and they're a large portion of my life and that, it's just, if my dog wouldn't go inside, I'd probably, I would honestly... Honestly, like, if it was my house, uh, maybe I'd drag my dog in. But somewhere else, I'd be like, no, we can walk around the block. We don't need to go there. That's fine. You're like, yeah, huh, I guess I'm not going inside either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, but I, I, totally, that- I totally agree with that analysis. Like, that's, I mean, I'd call it a layup in the sense that it's a very easy scare to do and everyone does it, but it's still worth points. I don't think that many people do it. I'm trying to think of that. There aren't, there's... Some Dude. big instances of it, but not that yeah, many. Yeah, wigged out animals? I feel like wigged out animals are in, like, many movies. I guess. I'm talking dogs specifically, but... Well, they die too fast in horror movies to be wigged that out. That's true. <laughs> the one in Pod yeah. lasted, like, 37 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to bring that one back. You have to. It's Pod. Yeah. It's classic. Cl- instant classic. What did this movie do wrong? Uh... There, there's a few things. There's there's some, as with all movies that I think we generally like a lot, they start to get really, really nitpicky to look at stuff. Um, sure. But there's there's a few of those things in this movie, right? Scenes where they cut, especially the, the radio scene where they have the house all wired up, uh, really bothered me because all the dials <laughs> on the radio shift wildly in between I scenes. I love those scenes. Not necessarily in this movie, just that genre of scene in general when the when the ghost investigators initially show up and set all it, their shit up. Dude, it's that's, very good. that shit's my jam. And the what song are they playing in the middle of that? That song is so great. <laughs> I don't remember. Hit it. But what? Hit it. Hit it, Jack. Hit it. Oh, you're telling me to edit in the song? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I saw something sitting on your bed. But it just continuity things like that are a little bit bothersome to me and and I mean, not an easy fix, certainly, but that's, like, someone's whole job on movies. And so that that bothers me. And then there's also stuff where the, the, the officer shoots the deadbolt with a shotgun, and then it kick, is able to kick the door open. And that's that's the kind of thing where what's that going to do to a deadbolt? Most movies. It's not I mean, annihilating I think it's more that it obliterates the door around the deadbolt. But it doesn't... It doesn't do that you can see from the way the door breaks it doesn't break off in like a circle around there it just opens like a door and that's because it's a prop but if that's what you're trying to show happened make that happen it's just one of those things where shooting a padlock causes it to unlock or open you know what i mean that's not for a movie as well put together as this that shit is stupid jack 1970s deadbolts were not as immune to shotgun blasts as they are today okay So I don't want to hear this shit. That is, it would be, an, frankly, it would be an anachronism to not have that work. But it's also weird in a movie where ghosts hold doors together, like hold doors closed with no deadbolts whatsoever throughout this movie. There's just a supernatural force holding the door closed. It would have been absolutely fine to have the door not open and then after a little bit of pushing, have it open. That happens other times in this movie. I don't know why there they tried to go with the, I can shotgun the deadbolt open. Yeah. So that, that's what it does wrong. Okay. Nitpicky. Jake. Yeah. That's what it Bold. does wrong. Um, 
I guess I have a couple things. One of them is more of a question. Uh, I don't know if it's what it does wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and but pose we'll it find out. to the group. Pose it to the group. Uh, Mark mentioned the cold open with the Annabelle story. The way that yeah. works where it happens and then it like the last shot like zooms out and then continues zooming out to where like the Warrens are showing what just happened that was like movie quality at this lecture. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like how how does that work? I don't understand. Are you talking about the quality of their film? Well, it's filming? like it's like a movie is happening, and then they're showing like this Hollywood movie level thing at a lecture where like they were the subjects of it, so they had been filmed. It's like they're showing a movie, a Hollywood well, movie of a, themselves at a lecture. They have hall. an assistant. <laughs> they have an intern. Yep. yep. That, that and they intern. literally do in the movie. <laughs> Jack. What? No. He's a Ghostbuster are you, slash. Are you guys film getting? Editing are you guys picking up what I'm putting down here? It's hard to describe. No, no, no I, I guess I kind of understand what you're saying. I disagree with it because they have someone who's able to film them. It's not no, the but guy, that's not what it's like. If you if you were to have if someone filmed you, it wouldn't be like movie, and I don't mean movie from a quality standpoint. I do partially, but it's also cut like a movie. Like, there's a score. Oh, I, guess, I, I guess I didn't notice the cuts. And everything. It. Like, everything that's done, it's like reenactment that's. So I guess the, the transition and scored, from. And then it just from, zooms out. So they're like showing this weird Hollywood production of themselves. It doesn't make I, any I sense. Don't, I mean. I don't think that the score in that was a diegetic sound, right? I think that was just, just added for you, the viewer. I agree. Or maybe, but then or when maybe they pull they're out, just. I mean. I hear what you're saying that it's kind of immersion breaking, but I feel like they're kind of just bridging the gap between like what you just saw and what they actually are showing to their students. They're just making the point that like this story is being told to whoever the fuck are are they teaching a class? That was another thing I didn't really get. Are they teaching a class or are they like guest lecturers? I think they're guest lecturers. So I think they're guest lecturers and they did do that. Ed and Lorraine Warren did do that a whole bunch. So there you go. So that's the, that's just the movie trying to say, Hey, we're telling this story still. But don't do it that way. Like, there has to be, like, a less... There has to be a a way to stick that landing. It's like... But the way... Okay, so the issue with that is the way you do that is you cut from the Hollywood-produced level actual The Conjuring movie. You basically do, like, either a fade-in or a jump cut to the shitty quality home movie that would have been produced. Not really. And then They could have just not had to do, like, they could have... They didn't have to try to do that ambitious, like, pull out, oh, we've been showing this at this lecture. They could have, like, cut, and then they're giving a lecture. I guess that transition didn't bother me at all. It bothered me <laughs> Yeah, I did not even notice it. I'm having a hard time arguing about it because I can barely even remember it, <laughs> frankly. Mark, what about you? What did this movie do wrong? Uh, not, not very much whatsoever. There is one sort of trope, uh, much like you, Jack. I'm just going to circle in on the trope a little bit, but... I don't understand how you can move into a house and real hmm. and like, hmm. oh, there's an entire other level here. Not to mention that's where the fucking heat comes from. <laughs> how are they going to heat their house? They they bought this house without knowing where the furnace is. That, like I know that you you don't really have to like divulge past incidences at this house, but you probably would talk enough to know where 
about where the heat is. Yep, that that's, sentence. And, and that the furnace isn't working. <laughs> also, they have a stoop, which means you walk upstairs to get into their house, which means there is something There's under the stairs. There's a sublevel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. what? How? Also, if you find that, how are you not absolutely, like, flabbergasted? Like, we have a whole other thousand square feet! Woo! They kind of are like that, though. They just, mention no, it. No, just kinda, Livingston. Like, oh, cool. Livingston's pretty excited. He's got. Like, he, I feel like he if says you got like, five oh, kids, you're not getting that excited about goddamn anything, anything except for twenty minutes. Your life's of sleep. a nightmare, Mark. It's and a goddamn nightmare. And his facial hair. Five children running amok. That's so many all girls. Kids. And you're just a long haul trucker, man, trying to earn an honest buck. Ronathan Livingston Siegel. It's a good joke. <laughs> you know what? You guys don't get it, but our listeners are rolling on the ground laughing right now. I, I still it. don't know what that's a reference to. I still am not clear on where that transitioned from some a reference I should get to a stupid joke you were making. I'm still not clear on that line. That is flabbergasting. Have we reviewed this thing? I'm going to drink this whiskey. What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? We over at A Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Kramer would rate Ignoring Poise. Now if I told you once, I've told you a thousand times, Poise counts! And for 10, think of how LeBron James would rate how much of this is for Cleveland. Cleveland! This is for you! Stories, first category to rate these movies. Mark, this was your pick. Rate the thing for story. Controversial rating here, guys. Oh god. Hello. Uh, I actually gave Ten? this. A, I, no, I gave it a six. Um, you six. Yeah, that's the least. It's just a middle of the road rating. You, the only thing controversial about that is that you called it controversial. You stupid jackass. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, my own PR guy. Uh, this is a this is actually a pretty smart script. Like I said earlier, they kind of do the they kind of do the shuffle twist thing at the end. Um, but ultimately, this is a pretty run of the mill haunted house story. There's a house. It's haunted. The lady gets possessed. <laughs> oh. There's some demon busters. They bust said demon. Yep. It's getting like yep. it's basically getting a bonus point because there's a a pseudo twist involved. Yep. 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 I uh, I give it a seven. I agree with you. Um, I couldn't give it a six because of some of the other things I've given sixes to uh, that I can't remember now, but that I didn't feel like I could give this a six in regards to story because it's too good. Um, it's just really solid, serves everything very well, loses some points for me for making me not dislike Ed and Lorraine Warren as much as I should dislike those two human beings that lived. Uh, but yeah, seven. Jake, you. Uh, I gave an eight. Six, seven, eight, right yeah. there. Boom. I, I, I mean, I think it's for the same reasons as you guys. I'm probably giving it a bit more credit for the depth that it showed. Like, I'm kind of on the fence about giving it credit for it, but I'm going to. Um, really, really smart way to begin a franchise with just automatically jumping into the Ed and Lorraine Warren lore and building that literal room of stories that they're able to build off of and then kind of diving into ultimately this one first with the Annabelle but then this one um, I thought that was really cool and outside of that you had a simple but extremely effective story I don't think there's anything wrong with being simplistic and it allowed it to focus which was good 
So then where is it losing points for you? Where is it losing points for me from the story? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that it's just that I don't ultimate, ultimately I don't love exorcism type stories. So it's like anything going to be a subjective rating. Sure. It'd be hard for me to give a 10 to anything that involves an exorcism. One thing. You can't give a 10 to anything. So Mm. yeah, it's true. I think you'll find that I can. One thing of interesting note. Uh Oh, Oh. uh Oh, foreshadowing. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> one thing uh, that you did say that was interesting is question you guys are kind of in the same boat with me we haven't watched this movie a ton did you remember this movie opening with the Warrens I, I, I completely disregarded the Warrens as being the main focus of this movie and assumed in my memory that it was basically about the Perone family and then what? halfway through they brought in the, the oh Warrens. I see what you're saying uh, no, I, I had I it in my head it. as a Warrens movie. Because I remember that fucking Annabelle start. I know, I thought maybe, they just kind of worked that in, like, in the middle. I don't know, never mind. Maybe, uh, maybe it's because I've seen The Conjuring 2 a, a few times, and that one also starts with the Warrens, right? That's also a Warren-centric movie. I, I just had it pegged in my head as a Warren movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> World building and immersion is our next category. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yes, Mark, what's your world-building and immersion score? Um, I I think this is where the movie starts to really take off and separate oh. itself from oh. everything else. I, I gave it an 8. Um, call it popcorn horror if you want. I don't give a shit. This it movie is. really sucks you in. It, it, it is, but that is a good thing. I don't, I don't understand why people don't like things because they're popular. Like, if it's objectively good, then the fact Mark, that people like Mark. it isn't a knock against it. Well, some people are hipsters Mark. like Jake. Hipsters. Yeah, we don't value their opinion on this podcast. No, we Jake. don't. I'm not a hipster, fuck off. You're a hipster. <laughs> no. It's fine. For the record, listener, you can't see him, but Jake is a hipster. He's twirling his mustache as we speak. <laughs> his waxed mustache. Yep, that's um, I don't honestly have a whole lot to say that hasn't already been said. I think they do a great job with a lot of the camera angles and stuff, but ultimately it's just the way the story paces itself and unveils itself. I, I I don't know if I really need to give it credit there for story because it's all very simplistic technique wise, but ultimately the punchline, the execution of it serves to create great immersion. Yeah, I'm with you. I gave it an eight too. Um, it it sucks you right the fuck in. This is where the acting comes into play. All all the the main leads are terrific. The kids are serviceable, which is great for kids. The kids are good. Movie. The kids are good. Yeah, yeah they're good. Yeah. Uh, just they don't take anything away, which is very impressive. Um, I, this thing will captivate you from start to finish, and it's great. Eight, Jake. I already mentioned earlier that I had a, that qualm with the Annabelle open, so that's obviously going to be detrimental to my immersion score because it broke the fuck out of my immersion. Outside of that, I agree with everything you guys said, uh, with the only notable exception being that I also mentioned earlier, I think that this is a really, really, really good example of the, like, bump in the night type movie. Uh, As it starts to shift from that to the more known quantity of demonic possession exorcism, I get ripped out a bit just because of my own personal feelings towards exorcism type scenarios. The end was, when it's so much more on the nose and action oriented, uh, I feel like how scary it was and i'm trying not to double dip here but i i'm having a hard time describing it any other way than this how scary it felt juxtaposed with what happens is kind of a jarring experience 
So they actually kind of address this in the movie, which is interesting. They talk about the three acts of demonic possession yes, or they whatever. Do. Yeah. Uh, I you're gonna have to refresh my memory what the three are, but the first one is basically the bump in the night type shit, and then the last one is like straight up full on demonic possession. Yeah, and I totally agree with you in that the first act of this movie is damn near perfect. Yeah, and yeah. then it hard transitions, and you kind of have to from a story perspective. I can't think of another way to end the movie with a bump in the night type shit. No, I agree. Um, but, I, I yeah, like you're saying, you, but it does Act Three and Act bit. One are two entirely different genres yeah. of scare. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. What'd you give it? I, I gave remember. it a seven. Okay, uh, scare factor is our third category. Mark, what did you rate the thing for a scare factor? I gave it a ten. I'm just gonna jump right. Wow. Look, uh, when we when we started this, I I wrote down. I, I felt like I needed to know what a 10 was, and I thought about all of the movies I'd seen and what a 10 would be, and this was it. Wow. I, I, look, it's Notably a scary not fucking your movie. only 10 for scare, though. Huh? Notably not your only 10 for scare. Correct. The Ring is also one. Yes. yes. I, I came up with a few that were all sort of equally scary. Are there more me. than this? I can get way on way more on board with this being a 10 than The Ring. Me too. Are there more than this? Wow. Wow. Jack, what did you give it? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. I don't want to give away future reviews. Oh, my God. Tune in next week, listener, when we... I don't know what we're reviewing next week. I won't get a 10 for scare. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> That's probably true. I gave it a 7 for scare factor. Um, it's It's certainly up there. It's well above average. And... I think Scare Factor is one of our most subjective categories of all of our subjective categories. Yeah, it is. For for me, the the dread builds well. the The jump scares are are great, but the scares here for me are almost entirely these jump scares combined with the the sleepwalking. I I think for me the the ones that get super high grades do do a little bit more than that for me and, and freak me out a little bit more. And this one just doesn't have that for me. Doesn't doesn't speak my language in that way. So it's not perfect. It's not. It's not in my top five scariest movies of all time, probably, but it's up there. It's if seven. it's a seven, I would hope it's not in your top five. This is, it's not like it's the others. Jake, a seven might be your scariest movie ever. <laughs> Fuck off, Jack. I gave this movie an eight for scare. Um, all right. It, Jake, what'd you give this movie for I, scare? Well, I gave it an eight, Jack. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, it, it manages tension so well, and it just has you on a string for the first act of the movie it does slip a bit and that's the only reason i'm not going to go as high as mark but it's it's a movie that if you really like what you're sitting down you're watching it you're letting it just wash over you you're gonna feel it a bit and popcorn horror be damned it, it does a damn good job of that yeah it certainly does uh there's yeah uh which leads <laughs> well, to our question wait before we move Christ. on before we move on stop it stop it you guys both said that uh, the laundry bed sheet scene was not your favorite scare of the movie, but then you never elaborated on what yours was. Oh, good call. Mine is hands down the hands out of the armoire in the uh, clap and hide. Oh, really? Scene. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, the mom. Too, yeah, yeah. Despite the mom totally cheating at that goddamn game, dude. Come on. When you have kids, you're gonna cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to put that on record right now. But she cheats in a stupid way. You're supposed to count one time for every time you spin around, and she spins around like one total time and counts to five during it. Hmm. Cheating. Cheating. She's a cheater. 
I'm going to install motion detectors. Joey Greco's going to go find her on a boat somewhere and get stabbed. <laughs> Jake, what's your favorite scene? <laughs> God. That was an awesome reference. Fuck you. That was a great reference. I'm having a hard time uh, choosing just one. I think if I do, penalize me if you will, but it's a little bit longer than like just one scare. It's where the mom is... She wakes up at night and ultimately it culminates with not only the pictures like falling off the stairwell, but her getting knocked down the stairs and into the basement at night. Spooky basement. So with the hands over her shoulder, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's just... That seems very creepy. It's so creepy. It makes me very uncomfortable. Like the whole idea, I I don't know. The first house that I ever lived in had a basement. And it took me until I was like, well, la di da, Mr. Fancy Pants over here. There's a basement, dude. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> Humble brag. What are you talking about? It's like a mud <laughs> basement. It took me until I was like, I don't know, eight years old to go down there by myself. I don't know what it was, but I was terrified of that. And this movie harkens back to that feeling very well. So. Dude, I still sprint out of the basement of buildings. Just uh, like hit the lights and then just book it. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. You never know. I don't want to fuck with that shit. Yeah, basements are gnarly, man. Yeah, it's true. That's Which why Which leaves scared. us with overall. No, it Tomorrow, doesn't. Jesus. It leaves us with effects. Christ. Our penultimate oh. category, Jack. Should I take over Did this? I say penultimate for scare factor? You probably should. I've had a lot of this whiskey, and it's uh, it's doing things. Well, that takes us to our penultimate category, effects, or judicious like thereof. Jack. Yes, indeed. Oh. Ooh. Jack's handed the mic over. This is an eight for me for effects or just lack thereof. We talked about this a lot during the what it did right segment. This movie has a ridiculous budget for effects, can do whatever the fuck they want and do go absolutely bananas, but also shows such restraint in terms of what they show you and when. And it's so much more effective for it. We talked about when there's nothing in the room and she's saying, I can see it right behind you when the the mom is possessed and she's just under the sheet the whole time and you can barely see the demon through the sheet, it's so much more effective because of what you can't see. Whereas I think the movie absolutely has the budget and wherewithal to do that well if they wanted to show you everything. But they show you a shitload and decide very well where not to show you things. And so it's, it's an eight. I don't think they're doing anything unreasonably innovative or, or really cool in, in the kind of stuff that gives me nines or tens, but but eight it's great nice Jake. yeah i give it a seven okay pretty much i mean pretty much the same reasons i think that this is it employed the budget that it had very well um it's a big hollywood movie mark and i think that that kind of shined through at certain times but for the most part, the, the set design, the costuming, all of that is is tremendous. Sound design's really good. Uh, I think that if I have any qualms of it, what might be knocking it down a bit from from what Jack had to what I'm giving it is just a few of the things that you can't really escape without using CG. Like the the bed sheet thing to me, like I did, I didn't really like that one at all. So that's kind of an interesting difference that you and I had. I love that. Um, yeah, it's the only daytime then, scare. That's fine. I guess, sort of. But then there's like more. There's like girl getting dragged around the room in the in the living room. That's during the... It's light outside, even though it's inside. Oh. Okay. Eh. It, it can't be right all the time, Jack. 
I'm Jake. I know. I said J. <laughs> you said J. I, oh, yeah, I, I corrected myself mid mid word. Well, things are hard. Um, and then with uh, the exorcism phrasing? at the end, like it looked fine. I guess there was a lot going on there. The makeup was eh. I I don't know. It looked fine. Didn't love it. So that's why it's it's still a relatively high score. But I just you know, not as high as Jack. Mark, how about yourself? I also gave it an eight, Jack. Um, I'm just basically the reason it's not higher. I'll parrot Jake's criticism of the makeup. That's really the only thing you can really nitpick. But all of the manifestations of the ghosts basically just took like a header directly into the powder puff. Like they're just <laughs> pale as I mean ghosts, literally. But um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look great. Um, I will cede the rest of my time to you, Jack. I feel like you had a rant ready to go about a music box earlier in the show that we never touched back on, and that is a prop, which technically would be part of the effects department. I didn't have a rant about it. I mostly wanted to bring it up because of Mark, what you have clued me into. I, 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 I love what you said, just that music boxes are never worth it. Ever. <laughs> Whatever benefit you're getting out of a music box is not worth the minuscule chance that it's fucking haunted. The cost benefit the cost benefit analysis is just not there on a music box. And this music box in particular <laughs> is the scariest fucking thing that's ever existed. It's a horrifying clown with a hyp- hypnosis thing spinning around on top of it. I want to see the mechanism of this music box because I'm fascinated about how the clown moves up and down simultaneously with the mirror on the lid moving back and forth. I don't know what mechanism is in the hinge of that, that top piece. So I think it's a really cool prop. I don't think it's anything. I don't think nailing their effects. I think it'd be pretty fucking. It would probably have like a flywheel or something. I I I understand it would have a flywheel, but I'm (laughs) talking what mechanism goes up into the lid. Okay. (laughs) It's a cool prop, but that music box in particular is a fucking terrifying thing that no person should have in their home no person should have any music boxes in their home <laughs> but many music boxes we full disclosure there is a music box in my home Get this rid of is it. an a to z horror official stance Get rid the of only it. reason you should have a music box in your home is if you're a demonologist and you have it locked up and like blessed by a priest every month so my my lovely wife was a ballerina and she has a music box that she got when she was a kid and you open it up and there's a little ballerina that pops up and it plays some Swan Lake horse shit or whatever while the little ballerina twirls in circles. Don't I don't fu- like it Swan Lake's in my not house. horse shit. Swan Lake's kind of horse no, shit. No, it's not, dude. It's like Dracula theme. Fuck off. You ever seen the ballet? Have it's you not see- good. Have you seen Dracula? That's just because it's ballet, though. I mean, it's one of the best ballets ever. It's just still horse shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah dracula i mean yeah. Dra- dracula objectively happened before ballet so it's fine i don't know if that's true I dracula happened before ballet you'll find you hear here first yep you heard it holy shit are you done talking yet <laughs> yes overall is our last category thank you mark <laughs> jack take us home eight this is a great movie it's one of the all-time greats it's it's a fucking classic it's I don't think that my scores would mathematically get me to an 8, so it's definitely tilt up for the experience watching it. It's just, you're enthralled from start to finish. It's scary. It's believable. The actors are great. It's charming as hell. It's You're, you're going to enjoy the hell out of this movie when you watch it, and, and I can't recommend highly enough that you do. It's an 8. Jake? Jake? Yeah, I mean, I don't need to... 
I don't need to belabor the point. You gave it the same ratings, but not for the same categories, the same numbers as I did. Uh, and I'm also okay. giving it an eight. It's not that much of a tilt up. It is a tilt up, but not by a whole lot. It's a good movie. People should see it. Mark. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, it's about time one of us did this. I gave it a 10. Fuck it. Uh, Wham! <clears throat> yeah, yo. 6, 8, 10, 8, 10? So, first off, I will probably live to regret these words, but I, I think that a movie that gets a 10 on a horror movie web- website should have a 10 for scare factor. That's fine. Or at Already least very screwed. high scare factor. Uh, that's how I'm going to escape from that in the future. Um... <laughs> The six, I, I honestly think it depends on how you construct your movie, but you don't necessarily need an incredibly complex and riveting story to really make a good movie. Have if you ever seen Eraserhead? Else in line. <laughs> this is not a David Lynch discussion podcast. We're not going down that path. Okay. Fine. In any case, this movie does basically all of it right. I think it's horrifying. It is. If you're using overall as a method as as a method to determine what to recommend it to people, this is just about perfect, right? Actually, the the this might cheapen the rating a little bit, but the popcorn horror, uh, the popcorn horror like categorization almost helps this because it's an easier movie to recommend to people, right? Absolutely, and but. but- and it's it's interesting because if in ten years from now, if you are us in college ten years from now, you're gonna be yeah. But have you seen the fucking original Conjuring? That shit's crazy, and no one will have seen it. It's gonna be it's one that's no. worth recommending and also easy to recommend. What are you talking about? No. What are you talking have, about? What are you talking about? No one's going to have seen it. Yeah, I think people a lot of people who are twenty it. in ten years are not gonna have seen this movie. I don't know. If they like horror, they might have. If you if you see the I I don't know so I mean, in fairness, Jack, when we were in high school, Jason Ten came out, but you saw Dad's Friday in every Jason movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, if we... Conjuring Seven comes out, uh, you're probably gonna have seen Conjuring One at some point. We are lunatics, though. You are. I mean, assuredly. Yes. Which <laughs> segues us well into why you should watch this with your buddies and drink some beers mark it's a perfect movie so it that's that you took the words right out of my mouth that was going to be the first line of my argument this is the perfect horror movie you can either ingest it in full as a whole experience or honestly you can i feel like you this is a great movie to just drop in on wherever the fuck you want there are a bunch of different individual spots where you can just plop yourself down and, and see where they're at. Because like you said, it's it's one long bump in the night, gradual increase, ratcheting up the fear factor, and then once it levels out, it's a full-on demonic exorcism uh, movie. There's, there's I guess movie. if you're... Well, you know, I ran out of words to say. Um, yeah. I guess if you really wanted to, like, nitpick, there's there's one little lull where the... Where the um, uh, Warrens go back home to make sure their yeah. daughter's okay or whatever. Yeah. But even then, like, if you drop in right there, that's a nice little self-contained movie because they're like, everything's fine. There's a, like a nice little scare built in there where the uh, Bathsheba's playing with the um, 
playing with the doll in the rocking chair. And then they have to rush back because all of a sudden they find out that uh, the mom's still possessed. And boom, you get a nice little exorcism scene. I love the background noise that Jack is providing to all of this. <laughs> Look, this is... I think this is one of the best movies you could possibly watch with your buds. I either as a sit down, everyone pay attention type of experience, the the tweed jacket and bubble pipe experience that Jake has talked much about, or even just on Fuck the background off. of a party. Jake's obsessed with that shit. He talks about it constantly, listener, in our chat. It's nothing but tweed jackets. Not Le- only that, he wears it most weeks. Leather elbow pads. It's summer now. Jake. He wears a deer stalker hat. Who wears a deer stalker hat all all months of the year? Jake and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, those two people. It was a very weird image of himself. Guys, I think you yeah, gave buddy. it the same. Didn't you give it the same? Who gave it more? We gave it the same. You guys gave it the same. Why I would, would you Jack not watch start talking so he can stop playing with that fucking can of beer? <laughs> I, I cut it's a, a hole in this can. <laughs> I thought it was emptier than it is, and so now I have to drink it out of this big hole I cut just, in this can. Just to provide context to the listener, Jack is actively stabbing his beer with a knife. I stabbed it one time and made a bigger hole than I expected and now I have to drink it out of this weird hole I made in the side of my can. Jack. Okay. Yeah, buddy. Why should you not watch this movie with your buddies and not drink so, beers with said buddies Mark, while watching said movie with you? Them? Okay. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. More words? I'm done. <laughs> Mark, a lot of what you said when you talked about why you should do this is despite saying that you could jump in at any time was talking about the progression and, and how it's a linear progression of the scares and i think that's a reason why you shouldn't do it because this movie is at its most effective when you're in from the beginning and you get that progression and you get the dread that builds with the tension ratcheting up from every scene that makes the jump scares pay off so well that inevitably loses something when you watch with other people and it's going to make the movie worse for it i have a qualm with that but i'll can oh. i'll let you continue that's all i have to say i think it's he's done i i don't we're totally, tag team in here i don't totally disagree with that actually i do think if we're going to talk popcorn horror again, this is a, I agree with everything you said, Mark, but I do think that in watching this movie by yourself in the dark, you're going to get more out of it from that 10 that you gave it on the scare factor scale than yep. you will with your buddies while you're drinking beers and dropping in on parts A, B and C, but maybe not gathering everything as a whole. I, I just think that, it is a you will gain more from this movie by watching it alone which is not this exercise but what can you do mark what's your qualm okay <clears throat> you're making a good point I, I i do feel like this movie should be ingested as a whole uh while you're paying attention either i mean you could watch it with your buddies but as long as everyone's paying attention like you shouldn't really break but my point is a good movie most of the time, not always, I guess. This is this is a very good movie at providing points where you can drop in on it. And those, if you start watching 30% of the way through the movie, probably not quite as effective as if you start from the beginning, but it's still effective. And frankly, if you start at the beginning and then you get pulled away at 30%, also still really effective. It's, okay. not, it's not great. It's not perfect. Like the whole movie is... Well, look, I was struggling to come up with the reason why you shouldn't watch a fantastic fucking horror movie with your buddies and drink beer. That's yeah. all I want to do. No, it's it's true. It's a tough task. Yeah. That's why yeah. I, w- I went with the highest score so I didn't have to have that job. 
It's probably yeah, also why we called should... me out on my horse shit answer because <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah, you shouldn't watch this with your buddies because then they'll want to watch Annabelle, which is a much much inferior movie. Okay, I I like it. Okay, that's for another day. Should we get yeah. out? Should we get out? Yes. Yes. I think. We oh, should get Jake, out. please do this. I can't. I don't, I didn't yeah, like you didn't do, do well. You didn't do Jake, well. I. It's hard, man. Yeah. Plus, I feel like you have your shit written down somewhere, and I didn't have anything written down. Let's see how I do. This has been episode 47 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on either, I say any, but either, of the social channels we're on. That's Twitter, that's the Horror Amino app, and once a month coming at you with the Horror Release Roundup on Reddit. Uh, As Jack mentioned last week, and this is the one thing you did do a good job of, Jack, if you guys are out there listening, go ahead and give this a like, give this a rating, and review the podcast. And the most important thing you can do is just share this with your friends and let them know. That actually does help, believe it or not. As always, the music's been coming at you from space. And also, as always, this podcast has been coming at you from the Phantom Podcast Network. Ooh. Check out everything that's going on over at downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. And coming at you next week, we're going to have a movie that's probably not going to get a 10 on the Scare Factor score, but we'll see what happens. It, it, <laughs> it might on Jax. I don't know. It's your pick. We're checking out Destroy All Monsters. So until yeah, then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. I wasn't a psychopath. I read my side of the mountain like a normal American child. <laughs>